Welcome to Get a Trash, episode 322. The story of rock and roll comics. My name is Eric. I'm Jason. <laughs> you had to think about what it was called. Yep. <clears throat> because it's not a particularly good name for not, a documentary. Not a great name. No. It should have been called Unauthorized. The story of rock and roll comics. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, we watched the documentary. That's yes, we did. Something we hardly, hardly ever do. It's rare. We've done rare. it. We've done it before, but a couple of them, sure. Uh, I'd say probably because most documentaries tend to be really depressing and uh, not not a fun <laughs> uh, romp through something. And we're all about the romp. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what they say about us. Look at those rompers. Yeah, they're always romping around. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, but this is kind of related to to, to all of the things that we do here on Gutter Trash. Sure, it's got comics. Yep. It's got a movie. Uh-huh. It's got rock and roll music. Yeah, those it's, kind, it's kind of all we do. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so kind of a, a good fit. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> So this is yeah, this is a documentary came out. Uh, well, the copyright on the movie said 2010. Yeah. Uh, the back of the DVD says 2012. Hmm. Uh, when I looked it up on IMDb, it said 2005. Huh. So I'm not sure what the hell's happening anymore. <laughs> that is pretty bizarre. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so apparently a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there was a comic publisher called Revolutionary Comics, and, uh, and they made some comic books, and this movie is about that. Sort of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It's kind of more about the publisher than I assumed. Like, like right. it kind of focuses on Todd Lauren, the publisher of Revolutionary Comics. Sure. Which, you know, makes sense, but I mean, I thought this was going to be a lot more about the comics than it was about him. Right. Uh, you know, I guess that's the thing when, when you have sort of a, uh, a flamboyant character as, as, you know, the head of a company, you're right. going to focus more on that. It's like years later when they do the Gutter Trash documentary, it'll be more about me than exactly. about right. our shitty show. Yep, yep. <laughs> like we might inter- they might interview you and you're like, I knew Jason. I was on the podcast with this. <laughs> it's true. That is exactly he, what He got me to it. face my fears of vertigo <laughs> and chocolate. And... I do fear both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> and not, and not the like off-putting sensation. You just don't like reading anything by, by Neil Gaiman or, or, uh, Grant Morrison from yeah. the 80s and 90s. <laughs> or Clean Room or whatever's coming out now. Right. Do you read any current Vertigo? Current Vertigo? No. No. Yeah. I think Twilight Children was the the only Vertigo thing I've read in a while. Most of them, too, yeah. Yeah. I think I, well, I picked up Suiciders, Uh the the Libra Mayhem, but I didn't read it. And he's not even drawing the next one, so fuck that. Oh my god, we didn't sell a single copy of the last, like, three issues of Suiciders. Really? So I'm not even ordering the new series. Right. You know? It's like, it's just, no one's buying it. And the art's beautiful. Yeah, because Sleeper Mayo, he's but, great. But he's not. 
He's not doing that. He's not going to be drawing the next one. He's yeah. writing it. But who yeah. gives a fuck about that? <laughs> I've I've actually never read anything that the man wrote, so I couldn't tell you one way uh, or I Again, I bought all the issues of Suiciders because he drew them. Right. Uh, as for his writing, you know, I, I, did he do Joker? Did he write that? He did not write that. That was uh, Brian Azzarello. Oh, okay. Uh, he did write Batman Noel. Oh yeah, yeah. Which uh, I think Joe and I were going to review back when when uh, you you weren't uh, doing the show anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe read it and came back to me and said, "That's the worst thing I've ever read in my life." <laughs> so we did not talk about that. Well, that's a review right there, I guess. It, pretty much, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, apparently he may not be a great writer. Yeah, you never know. But he's a beautiful illustrator. Heck yeah. And I will certainly buy stuff that he draws, but not stuff that he just writes. Can you imagine if he had painted some rock and roll comics so covers? That would be pretty great. Right? Yeah. There were some surprising names in the, the credits at the end. There were. I recognized, at least I remember now, because my memory is horrible. I remember three that stuck out to me uh, the most in that, that list of, of names. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Dotson, Stuart Imanen, and Rick Geary. Oh, I didn't even notice Geary on that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Who, who did you notice? Uh, Dave, it was those two others that you mentioned, and Dave Garcia. He mentioned Dave Garcia. Okay. Um, I don't know who the hell Dave I, Garcia I know was. I've seen that name a lot. I can't, like, say, like, he drew this and that, but right. I know I've seen his name. Wasn't that the singer of the Grateful Dead? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe so. Uh, he's not the one that they named Cherry Garcia. Cherry. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so uh, yeah, this movie is about these comics. Sort of. Sort of. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about the comics in there. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely more of a, a focus on, on the publisher, Todd Warren. Yeah, he was a strange, interesting... Interesting. Well, I wouldn't loud. say he was strange. Yeah, not really strange, but uh, he was a character. He was definitely a character. Yeah. He definitely uh, was sort of a, a loudmouth, opinionated dude mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, apparently had a lot of uh, uh, varying... Uh, uh, impressions on people. Oh, yeah. I, would, I love that, how they... They do that thing where they like splice, you know, all these little snippets of different people right. talking about how they remembered him, right. and it's like they're talking about ten different people. It's like, oh yeah, he was one of the nicest guys I ever met. He was the biggest asshole that I ever had any interaction <laughs> with. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, oh yeah, he'd do anything for anybody. Benevolent. Yeah. And then they would cut to Dennis Kitchen and be like, I'm surprised I didn't kill him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dennis Kitchen and uh, Gary Groff. Two big names in the like small press comic community. Sure, um, both had nothing nice to say about Todd Warren. Not in the slightest. Not that I've ever really. I mean, everything that I've ever read about both Dennis Kitchen and Gary Groth have not exactly been flattering either. Right. So they're you know. they're, they're very opinionated dudes. Yeah. Especially Gary Groth. Um, Dennis Kitchen has some good comics. At least oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Can't, can't deny his his uh, ability to to run a publishing company. Right. Does is Kitchen Sink Comics still around? I believe so. Is he the one in charge of Panagraphics now, or is that Gary Groth? I think that's Gary Groth. I think what the fuck is Dennis Kitchen yeah, done for he, me lately? He's working for the Defense Fund. Probably All right. <laughs> <laughs> really, when it comes down to it, the only thing I know about Kitchen Sink is uh, they originally published Mad Men. 
Yeah. yeah. Mad Men and uh, Captain Stern, too. About Captain it. Stern, yeah, yeah. I think they did some From Hell. Like, they did all kinds of good books. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But they didn't do any rock and roll comedy. They did not. They, I, I'm guessing they they were not fans. No. Do you think he secretly read them? Oh, right, well. Enjoyed the shit out of he them. He waited for the Paul Abdul issue to come out. Of course. He was like, yes, score. <laughs> you know, I only ever had... I'd say maybe a half dozen rock and roll comics, but I bought them when I was, you know, a kid. Right. I bought the Guns N' Roses one. Sure. I bought the Poison one. Of course. I bought the anthrax. the anthrax that had the Faith No More backup story. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think. I had the Dead Kennedys one when I was in high school, which was one of the later ones, probably post Todd Lauren. Yeah. Like after he died. Uh, I feel like there was a couple more, but mostly I remember this, the one we actually, we have it, actually have a copy of. Yeah, issue number do. one right here in the studio. It is the fourth printing. Fourth printing. Yeah. I bought it in a quarter box at the very last comic convention oh, uh, really? that the Mavericks did. Oh, was, wow. Yeah, as the Jim and Dan's. In, Two, uh, three weeks ago? Yeah. 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 Um, but I had this very comic, probably a first printing, right. um, when I was a child. You could be a hundred air. <laughs> no, no. I think it's like a $10. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure I lost it in, you know comic collection sold many many years ago yeah that happens but uh i reread it this morning oh actually the entire thing just because i hadn't read it in 25 years probably sure um and you know a lot of things they say in the documentary hold up it is it is uh you know uh like a literary sort of biography sure it is also kind of shocky right uh sometimes the art is is kind of shitty Sometimes that uh, happens. Sometimes art's cool. Right. Sometimes it's fun. Like it was. I think they were a good comic series. I think. I think it was something that gave sort of a visual element and backstory to these characters, where you know you maybe didn't really know anything that you didn't read in Hit Parade or about your right. favorite band. Because kids, this is pre-internet. Yes, we're is. talking 1989. Yeah. Um, I couldn't just Google C.C. Deville. Yeah. I mean, I do now on a daily sure, basis. Right. What's he up to today? <laughs> Reading his blog. <laughs> right, his Twitter. His tweets. Right. Oh, I bet he does tweet. Uh, I'm let's, find well, out. I'm going to find out. But, but yeah, this was before that. And, you know, there probably, there probably was a, you know, a written biography on all of these bands at the time. But, so, some of them were. I mean, what, so, what year did this one come out? I mean, this came out, this came out like, 89, I think. So this was like after Appetite for Destruction, but right. definitely before Use Your Illusion, maybe even before GNR Lies. So, I mean, yeah, so they were definitely not as big as they ever got. They so were, I yeah. doubt that there was a biography about them. At they the were time. getting there, though. They were like. Oh, they were. I mean, no, yeah, they were successful. They were huge. You know, like, actually, it shows here they were. Um, by that point. Uh, they were number one in the Billboard charts. Yeah, uh, by that point, I'm sure, you know. Uh, the Clint Eastwood movie, The Deadpool, had come out. So. Yep, there's a panel right here of Clint Eastwood. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. He's like, your music would be perfect for my movie. I love at the very end, though, the very last panel is a picture of Axl Rose with his thumb up, and he's got his scarf on his forehead, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's making the thumbs up, and he says, Guns N' Roses will be around for a long, long time. <laughs> well, technically, he's not wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. They are still around. That's true. Just not in any form that we recognize. Right. But what's funny is they 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 mention like there's a follow up thing since this is the fourth printing. 
they mention like that they have enough um, material to release a double album, but right. they don't even they don't even have the title of it yet. Right. So this this book is published in eighty nine. And well, the fourth printing, so probably later than that. Well, the copyright still says 89, because I was trying to figure out, like, how fast the printings came out. Right. Well, when did, uh, User Illusion come out? It was like 92. Okay. So it was before then. Right. Because, I mean, obviously, Todd Lauren was still alive when this came out. Right. And, uh, he was dead in 92. Right. So this is probably 90, 91. Right. And they're talking about User Illusion 2. So they basically, you know, what, what was that, uh, 25 years ago? Yeah. They talk about everything other than Chinese democracy that they've ever put out. Oh, come on. You can't, uh, you can't ride off the spaghetti incident. <laughs> That's gotta be the quote of the day. You can't ride off the spaghetti incident. <laughs> Never before has there been a greater collection of cover songs put together by a rock and roll band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <coughs> <laughs> but yeah, these were fun, fun comics. Have like, you never read them? Never, never, never. Uh, I think I mentioned. Last episode that I maybe read the Metallica one. Okay. Uh, but my memories of it don't match up with what very little we saw of that one in the movie. There has been a, a different Metallica, like, biography comic, because we actually had one at Mavericks on our number one wall uh-huh. not too long ago. And it was by a different publisher. Okay. Like, like they were inspired by this publisher, by I'm Revolutionary sure. or something. So maybe you saw that one. It's uh, possible. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I was in a Walden Books and it was on the the magazine rack, and I just read it oh, at yeah. the store there. And yeah, the cover was completely different, and I don't recall it. Like rock and roll comics, the logo is like pretty prominent on all their covers. Yeah, uh, and I don't exactly remember that being on the one that I read. So I probably did not read their version of the Metallica book. So the gist of this company in this documentary, should you not have been familiar, is that Revolutionary Comics were unauthorized biographies written and drawn in comic book form right. of rock and roll and other stars. Yeah, like, they, they started branching out. Some hip-hop and some pop stars and yeah. some even sports, some and sports movie stars. And conspiracies. And, uh, yeah, porn. Some porn. And but, some other just weird, like the kind of stuff that you would expect from underground comic publishers right. stick boy and right. whatnot but primarily demi, the demoness demi yeah <laughs> that guy was awesome there was a guy they interviewed in this documentary who did this sort of like bad girl comic for them called demi the demoness yeah like and a porn bad girl thing i swear it looked like he was sitting in this like terribly crowded basement full of just like garbage with a life-size stand-up of demi the demoness with her vagina hanging out yeah. behind him uh-huh and I was just like, that seems like everything's turned out great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. He was, he's, he's limited. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I, I don't want to make fun of people, but I do. I, and uh, that guy seems right for being made fun of. <laughs> he might be a fine fellow. Oh, I'm sure. But I've, ne- I've never heard of that comic. Never. Never seen it once. Nope. 
Not that I heard of a ton of their other comics other than the rock and roll ones either. I have all of I have every issue of the Tipper Gore comic. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I have all those Tipper Gore Tales or what's it called? Tipper Gore Tipper Gore comics and stories. Yeah, that's what like Tipper Gore's comic story. Yeah. Uh the only the only thing I really know about Tipper Gore is uh that she, you know, was a horrible person who uh sued uh uh, John Piaffer. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also, I think... Didn't Piranha Press put out a Tipper Gore titled comic at one point? Maybe? The, the DC imprints? Maybe. I'm going to look that up, too. Did you Did you find it? Yeah, CC DeVille is not on Twitter. Oh. Well, just one more reason for me not to venture into the pool of social media. <laughs> <clears throat> me and CC are not on Twitter. Nope. Jason Menzoukas is joining her. Who's that? Uh, he's a comedian actor who I might be slightly obsessed with. Because oh. he is a fucking delight. Oh, okay. <laughs> but not on Twitter. Ah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, they do, they interview, like, a lot of the people that worked for <clears throat> Rock and Roll Comics or Revolutionary Comics. Uh, the writers, mostly. A couple of artists. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they interview his dad, I guess, who ran the company with him. Yeah. Todd Lauren's father. He yeah. was Herb Shapiro. Yeah. 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 They sort of ran, ran this tiny little company out of what used to be his, uh, his like music store where he sold shirts and posters and stuff. Yeah. Music Cade. Music Cade. Yeah. Cause yeah, he's, it starts out, they, they, he apparently started a comic con, like, when he was like 18 years old. Right. So like 1978. How cool is that? That is pretty cool. And then he also did like a, a music convention and I guess he was able to make enough money to, to just start all these businesses. Yeah. You know, collector market, you know, sort of stuff. It was like when the collector market was kind of booming. Right. You know, like when it was just starting to, you probably just starting to see shops and conventions for, right. for this sort of thing. Yeah. When, uh, you know, uh, because, I, I mean, the collector market, I don't think, has ever gone away, but it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, tapered off. Quite sure. A bit, you know. yeah. yeah. And apparently I'm wrong about the typical thing, so. Oh, okay. Uh, I may be thinking of something else. But, anyway. Uh, yeah, so, so it's, you know, just basically talking about this guy's, you know, not his entire life, but just, well, I guess kind of, because... Pretty short life. Spoiler, short-lived. Yeah. yeah, he died at 32, I think. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Stabbed to death. Stabbed to death. That's that's actually how the movie opens. Yeah. So it's with them. Not really spoiled. that, yeah. Uh, which, uh, I did not know that at all either. I, if I did know that, I forgot it. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, it leads us up to, to the revolutionary comics days, and then that is mostly the focus of it, and then just sort of his... You know, dealings with not only the music industry, but also the comic industry. Oh my gosh, yeah. Can you, yeah, in three years of publishing, he made a lot of friends and enemies. Oh yeah. You know, like he's getting positive phone calls from Gene Simmons. He's getting sued by New Kids on the Block and Skid Row. And he's, uh, you know, all these bands are reading his books. The actual Rose is getting pissed off that he's not making any money and he's being represented as a crybaby, so he starts crying about it. Sure. Because um, that's super rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's that's so pathetic. 
That I mean, that is, I think, one of the things that that definitely this movie highlights is that you know, especially like with Guns N' Roses, but you know, it's like these books are, you know, basically just telling you know the stories of these bands. Right. They're not really. I mean, they might be pushing you know certain facts to to the realm of fiction in places, but that's just to make a more exciting book. Yeah. Uh, but, but they're certainly not, you know, just making shit up. Right. right. Yeah. They, they said, you know, they said there was quite an archive of, yeah. you know, of research in their, in their warehouse and offices. Right. And I think even one of the writers is like, you know, okay, a lot of this stuff is like urban legend, you know, but you know, when you have the real story and then you have the urban legend, you know, which is the one that's going to be a more interesting. Right. right. Yeah. Yes. And I totally agree with that too. Sure. Uh, but then, yeah, you get, like, you know, Axel Rose, who are, like, new kids on the block. Uh, they're, they're a little... I don't even want to include them in this. <laughs> right. uh, but, like, yeah, you get, like, Axel Rose, you know, complaining about this. And, like, you know, he's not making money and, you know, off of this and whatever. You know, it's just like, yeah, that is just sort of the antithesis of what rock and roll is supposed to be. I know, right? <laughs> and, like, these guys are... They're selling some comics, but right. you know they're not exactly cleaning up. Yeah, they're not going on world tours with you know giant stage shows, you know making millions. Right. They're just making you know enough to get by. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of silly. Right, because again, you know, I mean, I think even at their most successful, Revolutionary Comics was probably not even a holding a candle to you know. Like at the time, even like Dark Horse or oh sure yeah First or Eclipse or whoever their contemporaries were right yeah because yeah because yeah, like they they mentioned that comic shops wouldn't sell their books and like they had to like try to fight to even get the books into like music stores because music stores didn't want to sell comics I'm, you know I'm trying to remember because I bought this when I was a kid right I don't remember where I got it. Like, I'm sure it was at a comic book shop, but I don't know which one. Right. So somebody around here had it right. early on, which is, you know, good on you, whoever it was. Right. Well, when you were 14 and just starting your career at Mavericks, I mean, weren't you in charge of uh, placing the <laughs> No, no. I ordered it when I was nine years old at Mavericks, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I did actually show, I think I showed you a photo just last week of me when I was like 12 years old and I actually have my anthrax rock and roll comic in that photo. Yes, you yeah. Yeah. Uh, with my mullet uh, <laughs> and, and my anthrax t-shirt, yep. which is worth like $200 on eBay right now. Seriously? Yeah. I looked all those shirts up. And I was cause wow. I was like, Oh, I had some of these old rock and roll shirts and they go for a shitload of money on eBay. Really? Mm. So, I do. No, I, yeah. I probably wore them until there was holes in them and just threw them away. Yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I would never pay that much for a shirt, but also I would never wear a shirt that somebody else had worn 20 some years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, most people probably frame them, collect sure, them, yeah, yeah. but I would, if I found like an old, you know, the flaming carrot t-shirt or something, I would wash it and wear it, you know, but yeah. So, but they were, they were cool. These, these books, they kind of just told the. Yeah, like you said, told the story of the band and right. some things exaggerated, some things not, but right. it was something completely different, you know? Yeah. I mean, there wasn't really anything like that in comics at the time. 
Right. Or I would say even in just mass media in general, because, mm-hmm. I mean, there certainly wasn't the... I mean, you would get your occasional documentary or whatever about, you know, let's say the Beatles or Led Zeppelin because they're fucking huge. Right. But, you know. Yeah, but they, I mean, yeah, they, these guys did like, you know, Queen's Rack. Exactly. Like, you right. know, kind of stuff that wasn't really in the limelight. And long before the days of, you know, like VH1 behind the music. Oh, or, sure, yeah. You know, yeah, not every band would ever get a biography or documentary made about them, so. I mean, yeah, this was a good way to find out about a lot of bands, maybe, that uh, you wouldn't never get that kind of exposure. Yeah. yeah. And some of the cartooning was good. Like, <clears throat> oh, yeah. Like, there's some exaggerated facial expressions and actions that are, I mean, it's fun. I mean, yeah. they're fun reads. And, you know, like, just looking at, at least in the the one you, had, you brought, because, again, this is, like, the first time I've ever looked through one, really. I mean, I'm sure I have, but, you know. Right. Uh... I mean, there, there's definitely an amateur flavor to, you know, oh, yeah. the artwork. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, this was like a company was like, and even like the, the people that they interview in the movie are just like, well, you know, I mean, I was like 18 years old. Yeah, and, right. You know, I got paid like, $70 to draw this comic. Right, and I was like, well, you know, uh, I'm getting published, so yeah, okay, right. I drew it. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot of people just starting out and not knowing better and. You know. Yeah, they interviewed the guy that did the, the the Kiss comic, I think. Yeah. And he did another book for him, and he, I think it was the Led Zeppelin one, and he got uncredited yeah, because they had an argument with his name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, yeah, because uh, Todd Lauren would also, uh, he would write out checks, but then he would put a rubber stamp on the back, which would also be their contract, <laughs> stating that they would also give up all their rights to the book. And uh, when they signed the check, they would also be signing the contract. Right. That's kind of basically kinda shady themselves. Pretty shady. Yep. And uh, I also feel like I have heard a very similar story about Marvel comics. Oh, they're gonna say bye everywhere. <laughs> no, I've never received a check from you. <laughs> it's because I pay. I take care of you in cash. No, no paper trail. <laughs> Oh, so it's like back when I used to work at Mavericks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't talk about that. <laughs> Dear Lord, what if a, what if a some sort of uh, government agent listens to this show? Right. Well, other, I mean, other than Neil, I mean, y- I mean you're you're officially uh, on the payroll, but you know, right. twelve years ago when I worked there, you know, right. uh, I'm pretty sure the the IRS is not coming after me for the hundred dollars <laughs> that I made that year. Right? <laughs> you never you never know. <laughs> When Trump takes over, he'll send someone after you. <laughs> I mean, because you're not all white. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's gonna send me back to where I came from, <laughs> which is Beaver Creek. <laughs> We're gonna build a wall around Beaver Creek, <laughs> so none of you can get out of there. <laughs> Taking our jobs <laughs> under the table. <laughs> Why? If you weren't on this podcast, I'd be making twice as much hosting <laughs> it by myself. <laughs> Me, a white man. <laughs> as I deserve. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So, what were we? Ah, rock and roll comics. Rock and roll yeah. comics. Todd Lauren, not always a great guy. Yeah. Kind of yeah. a shady businessman. At times, it would seem. <clears throat> but I think... Primarily, he was just trying to get these books out there, and and uh, I don't think he really cared much about 
any of the people involved. No. Yeah. Like, he just kind of wanted to see his business. He's kind of the, uh, the, the Stan Lee of unauthorized rock and roll biographies. <laughs> he is. So, but that is weird though. Like, why would you rip off your artist like that if, you know, if you want them to draw more? Because it wasn't like he was like doing this one comic. Right. It's yeah. like, you know, they did like 50 of them or whatever. Yeah. Um, why would he, why would he do that so early on? You know? Uh, you know, uh, cause again, I think the, the artists were in a place where it's just like, well, I'm being published and I'm doing the work and he is pain. Right. You know, and then I think you get in that position where you're just like, well, I may not be able to get another job. Yeah. If I don't say no. So a lot of these people really came back even after they, I'm sure, yeah. realized what they had signed away. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, they signed away, like, it's not like they created Guns N' Roses. No, yeah. They just, you know, signed away their, their right to the art. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I would guess it's, you know, yeah, they didn't have, they did not get their original art back and were not allowed to sell it themselves or, you know, promote themselves with it or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. They, they could have maybe gone into a little more depth with that, I feel. Yeah, that was the thing. This, this documentary, parts of it seemed... Or like chunks of it seemed like it was put together by us. Right. Where where is it like it didn't really have you know, like any sort of cohesion. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it almost <laughs> had a gutter trash kind of feel to it in places. Yeah. Um it was just it would just kinda of meander and like go into other right. realms. Which, okay, let's just talk to Mojo Nixon for twenty minutes. Which I kinda wish they would have just talked to Mojo Nixon for an hour and a half. I feel the opposite. <laughs> really? I mean, he was enjoyable, very enjoyable in this movie. Uh, but uh, I feel like more than what was was presented would have been too much. Right? Because because Mojo Nixon <laughs> apparently is a bit of a loud personality. Yeah, who would have thought? <clears throat> well, I I think too it maybe it maybe like he maybe comes across as being even louder because I swear most of the people I interviewed. We're just like really boring kind of people, like oh, yeah. real soft-spoken well, comic artists and writers, right? But I mean, they weren't even like flamboyant or interesting. They were just kind of like yeah. laying on the couch and like talking, yeah, in a low tone. Right. The one guy for sure who yeah. was just like I mean, the tied, literally, the huh? The tatted up guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He he just uh, yeah. I think he was literally just laying down on his couch <laughs> yeah. the entire time. <laughs> And even the other guy, the other main artist, I forget his name. Um, uh, yeah, I can't remember. But <clears throat> yeah, he was just sitting. They were just kind of in a Rangers jersey, right? Just kind of chilling and <laughs> yeah. soft-spoken, talking about things. And I don't again, know. comic people, so, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but then, yeah, then they get to Mojo Nixon, and he's like high octane, like right. ready to explode. And <laughs> he was great. I love Mojo Nixon. Yeah. But they, they talked to him. They talked to Alice Cooper quite a bit. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, who else big did they talk to? Dennis Kitchen, of course. Uh, Gary Graff. Yeah. Um, I felt no. like there was another rock and roll type person. Was there another rock? Well, I mean, they had that interview with Gene Simmons. Yeah, but, but that was just pre-recorded. Yeah. I don't remember any other rock and roll guy talking about it. Okay. They, they did talk to the plaster caster, though. That's right. <laughs> Cynthia? The lady that used to make plaster castings of rock and roll singers' junk. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> there's a scene, I guess, in the Jimi Hendrix <laughs> comic where um, something goes wrong, 
And uh, during her plaster casting of his, his junk. Yes. So they talked to her about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're always interested in dick stuff. Sure. Send us more dick stuff, people. Please. Yeah. I mean, I don't... It's upsetting that we have to ask <laughs> so much. Right. You should just be sending them. The internet only has so much dick stuff. <laughs> we need more. We've exhausted the resource <laughs> of the internet. Our walls are... You should see the Gutter Trash Studios. The walls are absolutely, literally dripping with dick stuff. And we need more. Please. <laughs> uh, no, the, but it was a funny story. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I've heard of her before, sure. but I'd never seen, like, I didn't know what she looked like or anything. Yeah. Never, never had a face to that name. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I've seen her in other documentaries for sure. And I know that there's the famous story about how Kiss has a song called Plaster Caster about her. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, she never uh, casted their, their, their junk. Really? Ever. So they just made it up. Yep. Oh, you would think like after they wrote the song, at least they were like, "Well, let's set this in motion." Uh, you know, I would if, wonder why that is. Right? Huh? Uh, I would say if I was her, had they? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she probably would have gotten around to them eventually, maybe. Mm-hmm. But then they wrote that song, and then I'm sure you know she kind of seems like the person. Well, well fuck you. Yeah. I'm right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Plus, they're all uncircumcised. She doesn't want to deal with that mess. Well, they're all Jewish, so I think they're all circumcised. Oh, okay. (laughs) But they're kissed. They go against the tradition. (coughs) But I'm not Jewish, and I'm circumcised. I know. It's a thing. I don't understand it. I I don't either. Plaster caster. (laughs) I don't remember that song. That'd be be the song for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah. It was all right. It yeah, was it's right. okay. It was an okay documentary. Yeah, I mean, parts of it were very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I, thought, I feel like they could have gone into more depth about the actual comics themselves. Yeah, I feel like this might be... Like, I feel like I might have enjoyed it more had I not known, a, you know, a little bit about rock and roll comics, right. like, growing up reading them. Because, to me, I was expecting to, like, really learn a lot of stuff. And, you know, you see a few things, like, behind the scenes, like, how they... You know, were sued and like how right. they, how they got their shit together or whatever. But, um, I think I was I was, I was expecting to learn a whole lot from it. Yeah, I didn't really. Other than like, Todd might not be the best guy ever. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I think even at the end when they they give the list of all the artists whose work was featured in the movie, you know, and and having people like Terry Dotson and Stuart Iman and you know listed. It's like, well, why didn't you talk to more artists? Yeah, like, right. I think only like two artists got really talked to at all. Yeah, they ta- they did talk to Robert Williams, pretty famous underground artist, because he did a cover to one of the Tipper Gore comics right. and stories. Um, right. But yeah, but mostly it was you know just people you hadn't heard of otherwise, right? You know, and, and yeah, I mean, if if you definitely have you know two people who have gone on to you know steady big gigs, you know, and also right. done their own things, you know. Hey, why not? Maybe they did reach out to them and this you know, Stuart Diamond is just like, mm, yeah. No. yeah, I'm too busy drawing uh, Empress or whatever. Right. And, and like, yeah, because it's not like, you know, they wouldn't have included it because of a negative uh, 
you know, right, opinion because yeah. obviously a lot of people had negative opinions about yep. Todd Williams. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool to see more more artists talk about their their time working on the right. Or just like you know, or more bands. More bands would have been great too, because because I mean, you get the impression that you know a lot of bands were pretty much just okay with it, but you know, at the same time, you know, I'm sure a lot of bands were just like, "What the fuck is this?" Right. And yeah, it would have been cool to to hear. But again, maybe it's one of those things that they did reach out to them. And yeah, like I, I, I'm always interested about like especially Anthrax, um, because they're so comic book nerdy. Right. Like you know, they they have songs and T-shirts about comic book characters so oh yeah anthrax would have been a like scott ian yeah what has scott ian ever turned down it right yeah he's like we could probably get him right yeah (laughs) that's it my next book is going to be the batman lobo crossover and he's going to be yeah nice he'll probably fly (laughs) in from wherever right that'd be awesome (laughs) And then by the end of the day, we're just going to be like, well, go away. Yeah. Because yeah. they'll just want to keep hanging out with us. <laughs> you guys want to watch the Judge Dredd movie? Either one. Uh, uh, only the Sylvester Stallone one. Yeah, it's, it's all right. But yeah, if you yeah. have an interest in comics and rock and roll music. Right. Or, you know, First Amendment battles or whatever, you might be interested. And even that was not... You know, so prevalent in right. the book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like that could have been made more of a, a thing as well. Right. I mean, there's a lot of interesting avenues that that the movie could have taken, and it just kind of mentions them and drops them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like again, even like the murder investigation about you know Todd Warren was just sort of like almost tacked on. It felt like. Yeah. Like the movie opens with you know the news of him being murdered, right? You know, and like I think there's like two minutes you know towards the end where it's like yeah he was murdered and they, it might have been this guy, right? Yeah, but it probably wasn't, right? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> huh. But then I, I guess yeah they continued publishing for a little while after his death and, and then eventually folded up. Mm. And uh, the entire time that uh, I was watching this. I kept thinking to myself, well, this paved the way for possibly the shittiest comic publisher nowadays. Barbie Workout. Uh, the second shittiest <laughs> uh, comic publisher. Who's that? Sparkle Comics. Yes. Although, I'm going to get to that too. Uh, no. Blue Water Press. Oh, yeah. How, oh, because they've done all the like political and... Yeah. Like They've even done some music ones. Have they done music oh, ones? Yeah. I think there's a Lady Gaga one, and uh, oh yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah, and they're the fucking worst. Yeah, yeah, they're bad. <laughs> yeah, which uh, when when uh, after the movie was over, and then you got up to go to the the bathroom, I, I flipped through the uh, booklet and the DVD case, and there's a big ass ad for Blue Water Press, really selling rock and roll comics. Oh, like they're reprinting them? I believe so. Huh. Do have it right here. The uh, I didn't. There's the booklet. It's actually fairly lengthy. It's like about a ten-page booklet or so. Oh, for the DVD. Yeah, oh, that's cool. That uh, has a couple of essays written in it. But yep, right on the back, Rock and Roll Comics by Blue Water Press. Wow. And they are selling the Pink Floyd and Beatles experience and the Led Zeppelin ones. Huh. Yeah. I think these are okay. all reprints. Yes, it's graphic novels of the cult comic book series. Yep. Huh. So that may be the only good thing Blue Water has ever done. <laughs> the 
other than the Leprechaun uh, comics. Oh, sure, of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Or did they do Warlock as well? Probably. Yeah. Probably. I think those were just as stunning as the Leprechaun. Oh, ones. my gosh. I remember I was seeing a Leprechaun comic at my work once, and there was, like, this two-page spread that was just, like, the most horrible, like, boring panel that could have been, like, the size of your thumb Right. And been okay, maybe. Right. But they made it into a two-page spread. And it, and it wasn't even, like, some crazy action. It was, like, him, like, peeking out of, like, a corner or something. Right. It, was just, it was so terrible. I was like, man, this, this company is awful. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, interesting enough, but nothing... That really grabbed me. Yeah, not as cool as I was hoping. Yeah, like I got bored a couple times. Right. And, uh, like, honestly, I almost fell into a, a Wikipedia hole uh, in the middle of this. Because <laughs> uh, they mentioned, you know, when, when he first gets sued by the new kids on the block, <clears throat> you know, they mentioned the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund, which, for whatever reason, surprised me. Because I didn't realize that they had been around that long. Oh, okay. Like, I just thought they'd been around since, like, maybe the mid-90s. Like, I think the first time I ever heard of them was with the Mike Diana... Oh, okay. Boy right. Angel case. Uh, but they'd been around, apparently, since, like, 1986. So, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So, I was a little shocked about that. Yeah. So, and then that led me into, like, the Mike Diana Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, let's see. That would be an interesting documentary. Oh, yeah. Mike Diana. Boy Angel. We could call it the story of Mike Diana comics. <laughs> or we could call it Boiled Angel. <laughs> yeah, it was just okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was hoping for something more interesting, honestly. As was I. Now we know how our listeners feel every episode. <laughs> yep. Some sort of rock and roll song for you now. Possibly, it seems appropriate. Yeah. Right. Somewhere over the dunes, love, I walk, I wear. And oh, I turn a desert into sea, baby. I swing from the tip of this.
to the podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi. So, yeah. is there any band that you would like to read a rock and roll comic about? Oh. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I think you were deciding which one you would like most. Yeah. Um, not that interested. Yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, you know. Again, maybe when I was uh, 14, you know, right. probably. Right. You know, like Metallica, Black Sabbath, you know, Dead Kennedys, you know, well, probably a lot of the bands that the rock and roll comes right. to. Yeah, but uh, as, as a 37-year-old, not so much. Not really. <laughs> See, I, I, I think I'd be interested in the ones, like, Mojo Nixon briefly talks about in the movie, um, how his was kind of like, like he worked with them. Right. On his, yeah. and he like just kind of made up shit. Yeah. Like how he got Debbie Gibson pregnant with a two-headed love child. <laughs> like, I think I would like to read ones like that where, you know, like my favorite band is the Melvins and I could see them. Like oh, that's kind of one. their sense of humor where like they were right. like, and then this is when we did this. So, right. You know, none, of, none of it happened. If something like that was a thing, I'd probably be on board That'd for. Be, yeah. I'd, I'd be more interested in that than just like, and then we met. At this show, and we right, decided yeah, to have yeah. band practice together, and then that's how we started our band. Right, yeah. I mean, like, it was interesting when I was, like, like you said, a kid, but right. I don't know, I just don't really care anymore. Yeah, me neither. I just want to be entertained. And, and yet, despite that, uh, I'll probably never read any of the Kiss comics that ever come out. Yeah? yeah. Well, the Psycho Circus, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Where, where they do, you know, make it weird and whatever, but right. it's just the same typical weird bullshit right. you know, any other superhero comic or whatever yeah or like the weird uh like the image comics from the 90s that were like dark and right. dark demons. child yeah the darkness and blood dark <laughs> demon dark blood and demon dick blood pool <laughs> I think blood pool was on <laughs> that's right I think it was <laughs> but demon dick wasn't it was sadly that was, not. That was a erotic comic yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a documentary I'd watch. Demon, oh, uh, oh, yeah. As long as it ends with like pictures of Danzig like buying kitty litter and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> hey, you know what? Even rock stars <laughs> own cats. I know. And even I, those cats need kitty litter. I'm glad that he buys his own kitty litter. That yeah. makes me so happy, but not as happy as the fact that I saw a picture of that. <laughs> which is just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Man, I would I would probably read some rock like if there were some rock and roll comics from the eighties that had never been made, right? Because I was really into that was something we got to mention. Or I did like it kind of centered around the maybe like the glam rock hair metal kind of era of rock and roll music. Yeah, it's kind of when it was big. So there's a lot of like you know Def Leppard and Bon Jovi and that kind of stuff. And I was really into that, like totally, totally into it. And kind of still am, right? Um, but for different reasons. Like I think it's fun. It's just fun rock and roll. But um, so how is that a different reason? Well, back then I was like, "This is the coolest thing ever." <laughs> I mean, no, it I, still is. Right? It's yeah. really, it's really, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Poison is so cool. <laughs> they can do no wrong. Um, but no, yeah. If there were some. Uh, some lost issues of some other bands. I'd probably check them out. Right. You know, 
Like like a Melvin's one from the nineties. That would have been interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'd read that. But I guess the only lost one that they mentioned was the Skid Row one was never published. Right. Even though the artwork was done and everything. They just yeah. don't want to get sued again. That's weird. Why why would they pick that band? I have no idea because yeah, they they obviously didn't mind getting sued. Right. Know? I mean they didn't didn't like encourage it, but they were like, "Oh well, we're getting sued." Again. Right. So, so what is it about the Skid Row one that they're no just off? Maybe it was during another lawsuit, Could or be. they just couldn't yeah. couldn't take it. I know they briefly mentioned, and and uh, I know when when our friend Matt Brassfield uh, first told me about this movie, uh, he also mentioned this as well. That apparently they had like a list of bands that they could not do. Yeah, like Judas Priest. Judas Priest was the one that they mentioned specifically, and LA Guns. Yeah. yeah. Maybe because of their association with Guns N' Roses. No, uh, but uh, yeah, and then like they wound up meeting Rob Halford at some point, and he's like, "Oh, I would have loved a Judas Priest comic." Right? Yeah, I, don't know. I think a lot of times too, it probably wasn't even up to the band whether right. they get sued. Like, like Gene Simmons even mentioned that he's like, "Oh, my lawyers are going to sue you." Right? And he's like, "I just can't." He's like, "I actually like this stuff." But. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, the record labels are probably more in charge of that. But managers and managers are ruining everything. I know. That's why I have no managers. Same here. It's like uh, I'll always remember the uh, the story Henry Rollins telling about uh, you know when he did the West Memphis Three tribute album, where like it was him, the Rollins band, and like they just handpicked like a shitload of of singers to like cover Black Flag songs, and. Uh, he wanted to get Tom Araya from Slayer to do, you know, a song on the album. And so he was like, well, I, I went through, like, the proper channels, and, like, I called his manager and then the record label, and they were just like, no, Tom is not going to do that. And so then, like, he wound up just, like, calling Tom Araya himself. And it was like, hey, I want to do this thing. And Tom Araya was like, okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, how does that work? Like, if... If Tom Araya did it, did he, like, get in trouble with his management? I'm sure, no. I mean, I, I can't imagine, right? Right? I mean, it's Tom I mean, They technically work for him. Yeah. So, yeah, I, would, I would assume it would be just like he sets them straight. You know? Yeah. Right. I, would yeah hope. I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how things work. No. Yeah, clearly neither one of us do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially in the music industry. Right. Yeah. Or we would be rock stars. Exactly. In addition to being comic book superstars. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we've got this whole comic book industry thing. It's wrapped up, figured out. It yeah. is wrapped up. <laughs> Why, just the other day, I got paid nothing to do something. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> we understand. I did it for exposure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're getting, we're getting our names out there. Yes, we yes, are. Right. <laughs> Uh, so that is actually something else that I thought of uh, while watching this movie mm-hmm. is that uh, you and I are, are both involved in, in a thing that's happening. Oh, I, I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about this or not. not sure. But, uh, y- you are apparently the, the co-owner of a comic company. Oh, yeah, I just found that out recently myself. <laughs> I, I thought I was just the artist, but... No, apparently not. Apparently, because owner. Yeah, 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 you are. Uh, and, and I am uh, uh, working on something for you. <laughs> uh, but but I, I think it's safe to say that that all of this is just being masterminded 
by, by our pal Matt Brasfield. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and and uh, while watching this movie and, and hearing about uh, Todd Lauren uh, running Revolutionary Comics and, and first coming up with it, like I could not help but think of Matt Brasfield a lot. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think I think Matt's probably a nicer character. Matt is definitely a nicer character. Uh, and Matt also has uh, an insane refusal to make any money, whereas I believe Todd Lauren wanted to make some money. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all have have our passions in life. Sure. And uh, Matt Brassfield's is to lose a lot of money. <laughs> no, no, his passion is to get stuff out there, and you know, money. Yeah. I think. I think. You know, the way, okay, you're talking about Sparkle Comics. Yes. This company we're and, all. And the imprint. And the imprint, Bloodscream Comics. Yes. That we're all working on. <laughs> it's a Dayton based thing. Um, it would be nice to make some money. And I feel like he would agree with that. Right. But uh, that's not in his, like, goal. Like, his, it's not, it's not part of the, uh. <clears throat> I, I would almost disagree with you on this. That I don't think it is ever his goal to make money. Ever. <laughs> because I have seen the weird shit that he'll just spend money on mm-hmm. and not be interested in making any of that back or being anything that could possibly ever turn around and make a, a dollar or two. <laughs> Such as the custom comic that he insists that he, he wants to have made by people that are only for him. Right. It's kind of a special thing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, a special thing is actually the company run by Mount Balmet of uh, Never Not Thing. Well, I hope we all make a little bit of money. But but I would uh, like to make some money, but, you know. I hope we at least just make enough to cover uh, the cost of printing our books. I would like to uh, make a little bit more than that. Right. You know, to to sort of make uh, the efforts worthwhile. Yeah. But it's about the love, the fun. Yeah, you get to a certain age, and the love and fun kind of <laughs> just uh, stops. Aww. And, and I'm glad to help out, and I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it, and, and the thing that I, I am working on is fun. Uh, That's cool. But, you know, I mean, at the same time, uh, down the line, maybe, you know, get, you know, 50 bucks my way. Right. Oh, you know? sure. Well, well, we're still writing up. Or figuring up our rubber stamp that we're going to put on the back of your check. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> so when you sign it, all rights are gone. That's fine. I think on the video, the guy made seventy-seven fifty. I think we could probably we could probably do that. All right. All right. All right. That's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, just just buy gas for for you know a week. A week right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I've made a lot of comics over the years, and uh, don't think I've uh, don't think I'm in the in the in the black yet. No, yeah, um, and, and I've made a couple myself, and, and yeah, there's uh, I'm pretty sure I'm still in debt on, on a couple. Right, because yeah, you got you got to figure, um, like you know, printing cost and like driving to shows and getting hotels and tables at the shows and things like that. Right. And then, and then plus, like, when I saw them at, uh, at my work, I sold them for, like, $3 a comic. And, and uh, I've actually had people, you know, like, look at them who aren't into, like, mini comics and small press comics at all. And, you know, and, they're all, and usually, like, the reaction is, wow, $3? Really? I mean, this looks like it was just printed at Kinko's. I was like, well, 
It was. Right. Um, and it's black and white, sure. Yeah. And it's, you know. Because it's expensive. And, yeah. And, and no one paid me to do this. Right. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. you know, part of the payment. And it took you months. Right. Yeah. And part of the, you know, you know, like doing this is, is like you price it in such a way that maybe, maybe you make a little bit right. on selling it. Yeah. You know? So, I don't know. It's, I mean, yeah, it's a sh- sad, shitty reality, but, but it is but, that but reality. It's, but it's fun and I enjoy doing it. And like, even if I know, like, I would never ever make money doing it, I would probably still always do it. Sure. I might not print as many if right. I knew. Sure. If, you know, maybe, you know, maybe we would just print 20 of them instead of. Sure. A hundred or whatever. Print on demand. Print on demand. So for the four people who demand it. <laughs> yeah. And then a copy for yourself. I, I always keep a copy for myself. I have an archive. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I also have a Jason Young archive. Oh. They're, they're kind of scattered at the moment, but I do have like, at least two separate stacks. Of nice. Jason Young books. Nice. Yeah. You have my complete run on, on X-Men? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, nice. Some of those are hard to find, those European annuals. <laughs> yep. <laughs> You and Milo Minara working together, <laughs> right? Yeah, I hate the way he inked my Shatterstar story. <laughs> uh, I totally wanted to get Vince Coletta to do it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, comics and rock and roll, yeah. good stuff, indeed. Yeah. Hmm. What else is up? Anything? Uh, no, no. Uh, yeah, I haven't really seen or done much uh, mm-hmm. recently. Shame, shame. Had a had a slight health scare on on Wednesday or uh, so, but but that went away pretty quickly. Well, that's and, good. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Feeling better now? Yeah. Okay. It was yeah. Uh, just Wednesday, I, I just was at work and I looked down at my my right hand and uh, it had uh, broken out into just uh and in my entire back of my hand was just red, like bright red. Oh wow! And, and my entire arm was just in amazing physical pain. Yeah, that's not good. No, unless you get. Got bit by a radioactive spider. Now you have powers. Ooh, that might be possible. I have not tested them. Yep, that's what we should do tonight. All um, right, we'll just get on the. We'll go swinging from building to building. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Let me know. Watch. Oh sure. I don't have powers. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although you also got sick, so I, maybe you do. I yeah, I've been sick since uh for like five days now. Yeah. Yeah. So you must have better powers then. I probably do. Yeah. yeah. I think mine are all innate telekinesis powers. I'm well, still, that's pretty cool, I'm too. I'm still working on how right. figuring it out, you know. I'm like that new member of the X-Men team that hasn't quite got it together, but sure. they still give me the costume. Right, right. Yeah. But, like, the training costume, the, the black and yellow. The black and yellow, right? right. Yeah. The big belt. Yeah. You know, those, like, nice cuffs on my boots. Sure. Yeah. I love those cuffs. Oh, I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only reason I'm pretending to have mutant power. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's been three years your powers really need to start manifesting or we have to take you off the roll call list <laughs> hey you still have more powers than Doug Ramsey 
Their grandson? Who's that? He was a, a new mutant who, uh, I think he had the ability to translate other languages. Okay. But he was on the new mutants. We actually used to have an uh, employee at Mavericks, a baseball card guy named Doug Ramsey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Back yes, in, I don't think it's that guy. Probably not that guy. Yeah. Unless that guy died and then merged with a uh, sentient robot creature from space? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, this guy was an older fella, uh, friend of Jack's, uh, and uh, sorted baseball cards. But, no. Yeah, I'm an X-Men. That's about all I've been all up right. to. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's all right. I would say that I'm an Avenger, but that's only because I remember a time when the Avengers nobody gave a shit about. Yes. <laughs> and you're not just talking the West Coast. You're talking yeah, about, I'm talking about like actual Avengers. Yeah. Yeah, like all wearing brown leather jackets and yeah, Wonder Man era. era. Was Wonder Man in that? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. he was. Yeah. Somehow, anyway. Hercules. Yep. yep. Crystal. Can you imagine if the movie would have had just like Hercules and Crystal and Wonder Woman? That would have been, I would <coughs> still would have seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think the rest of America would have, though. No. Probably not. Or yeah. at least not have fallen in love with him. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll all be better. Yeah, we'll that'd all, be nice. And we'll all hone our powers for good. Sure, sure. And we'll all make lots of money on our comics. That would also be nice. These are all hopes for the future. Indeed. And all empty hopes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you, you got anything? Seen anything? Read anything? Man. I, I read a couple of comments. I read the new Mockingbird number one from okay. Marvel. That was, was fun. Right? It was good. Huh? I read um, this rock and roll comic called sure. Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> but I also I read a comic called Spellbound. It's a, a friend of mine from Columbus named oh, Jack did it, and uh, no, it was it was good. It was like this. Uh, it was a weird amalgamation. Like his pitch was an amalgam comic. <laughs> it was it was an, a new amalgam comic. <laughs> <clears throat> no, it was a uh, his sales pitches. It's Chinatown meets Sword of the Rings. Right. So, so it's kind of like I'm the, uninterested. <laughs> it was like this murder mystery, like kind of in the Shire kind of thing. All right. It was kind of fun. Huh. It was, it was like, cause I'm, you know, as well documented, I'm not really into fantasy at all. Right. But when you, you know, add another layer or something like that, I thought it was kind of interesting. Right. You know, like different, a different take on, uh, on the whole, like, fantasy genre. Right. So check it out. Spellbound. Spellbound. Where can people get that? Um, probably on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> or at space. He'll be at space sure. for a comic book. What's his full name? So that people might Google it. Jack White. No, it's not. It's Jack Wallace. <laughs> I'm sick. Yeah, he's, yeah. He used to be in a band called the Red and White Stripes. Uh, I think you're thinking of the Raconteurs. The Raconteurs, yeah. that's it. No, his name is Jack Wallace. And, uh, it's Disposable Heroes, I think. Disposable, oh, yeah. Disposable Fiction. Man, I'm so sick. Yeah. It's so weird. I can't think of anything. My brain is like a step behind what it normally is. Right. And that's not good normally. Sure. So. Disposable fiction. Yeah. Check Spellbound. Out. Spellbound. Jack Wallace. It's good. Yeah, Jack White. Right. He's also a hell of a guitar player and songwriter. <laughs> Have you seen Cold Mountain? He did the soundtrack. <laughs> I bet there is a White Stripe song called Spellbound, so people are just going to get oh, super oh, fucking oh, confused. There probably is, yeah. 
Because yeah, he's a little witchy. Yeah. Jack White. Yeah. He's, little, he's like Detroit witchy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's all I've read. Uh no, that's not true. Ooh. What else have I read? You've been lying to me. <laughs> oh, I've been catching up on Silver Surfer. Oh yeah. Because I had fallen behind. Sure. I'm almost finished with the original series before they rebooted. So, it's only two issues of the new one. Though. Yeah, so I should I should hopefully by next week I've caught caught up, and those are so good. Yeah, they're so much fun. They are beautiful stuff, indeed. Yeah, yeah. speaking yeah. of comics, I love to read comics. Yeah, yeah. So do I sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I've only been reading one comic, and it's the one that I'm going to pick. Oh, and uh, I'm still not done with it. But uh, hopefully I can be with enough time left for you to read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I do have a comic that, that uh, I want to review. Sweet. And uh, this is actually done by a creator whose uh, whose book we've recently done. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um. But, but uh, I would say that this is uh, the exact polar opposite of that other book that we just reviewed. Really? Yes. Uh, so a couple of weeks back, we reviewed uh, Dr. Fate by Sonny Liu. Oh, okay. And Paul Levitz. And uh, Sonny Liu has a new graphic novel out. And uh, I want to read that. Okay. And it is called The Art of Charlie Chan Hawk Chai. Okay. <laughs> Did he write and draw it? He wrote and drew it. Okay. Yep. That's different. Or, as it says in the cover, uh, presented by Sonny Liu. Okay. Uh, because uh, it is a a fictional biography of uh, Singapore's greatest comics artist, huh? As presented by Sonny Liu, uh, like a fictional character. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'm down. What's it called again? The Art of Charlie Chan Hawk Chai. Hawk Chai. Okay. <laughs> huh. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'm down. I, I just got it in the mail about a week ago, and I've been reading it. It's it's a little long. Okay. So, so hopefully I can actually have that done to you, to you like hopefully Tuesday. Sweet. So, so you'll have more than a two days to read. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'm off Thursday this week. Right. Finally. Yeah. I uh, I worked my day off this week because I was like I'm sick. I might as well work my day off. Sure. You know that'll help me get better. Right. So, but yeah, this week actually. That's what they say. Work day. through a cold. Right. <laughs> now, what is that saying? I was trying to remember. Is it like feed a fever or starve a cold or feed a uh, cold? I don't know. I, I, I can't remember. Yeah. I think they're all wrong. They're probably what it is. Yeah, there's not like one rule. Yeah. 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 Well, I've been eating a lot. Well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that helps. Yeah. I ate like an entire pizza yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. But I did not. Nah. Huh. But I did order Taco Bell on my phone. That's crazy. <laughs> what a world, right? Exactly. The future. <laughs> We're living it. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. cool. Well, I'm looking forward to the Sunny Lou's new book. Yes. <laughs> the Art of Charlie Chan Hawk Chai. <laughs> we'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just Google Dr. Fate. <laughs> hey, you might, be able to, you might be able to stumble on it. <laughs> Start start there. No, yeah, start exactly. start Dr. Fate. You can spell that. <laughs> and remember it. Alright. Well, that was fun. Yeah. 
Thanks for uh, watching the documentary. Thanks for bringing it. Thanks for uh, Matt Brassfield, who loaned us the documentary. Thank you, Matt Brassfield, and hopefully you'll stop talking about it now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.